What happens when a narcissist doesn't get what they want? Did you know that a recent study found out that one of the most significant and painful complications of narcissism and narcissistic personality disorder is that it makes the people around them suffer? It's true. That's why we're talking about this today at queenbeing.com. What happens when a narcissist doesn't get what they want? Here we go, let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse in toxic relationships. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. You know what happens, right? You make plans to go to some event or you want to remodel the house or something crazy and suddenly everything's going wrong. Now, if you're dealing with a normal person who is not a narcissist or someone with narcissistic personality disorder, what you're going to do is you're going to either have an emotional reaction or a solution-focused reaction. Or if you're like me, maybe you'll have an emotional reaction followed by a solution-focused reaction, right? But the way that narcissists cope is different, and that's what we're going to talk about in this video. So you've got the hours of planning that go into it. You've got the time, the energy, all that stuff wasted. Part of dealing with all of that involves dealing with that, that feeling in the pit of your stomach that you get when you're overwhelmed and stressed out. So let's just say that you're going to go to California and you're going to meet your college friend for some big event, right? So you've got your plane tickets, you've got your travel arrangements, your hotel's all set up, everything's ready to go, and you're going to arrive in plenty of time to get unpacked, take a shower, and get dolled up before you go to your event, right? Well, then something happens and let's say that your plane gets canceled or <laughs> like when I went to California last year, for example, our plane got canceled and then we had to reschedule the flight. Well, originally we were supposed to be there in plenty of time, so we'd have time to get there and get relaxed and do all the things and then go to our first event that we were attending. Well, <laughs> the night before, we were all packed and ready to go and we got a phone call from the airline that our flight had been canceled and it wasn't, we didn't even buy the flight, the flight was bought for us by the people who flew us out. So then we had to get in touch with the people, we had to do all these things, everything was dramatic and terrible. Certainly, we responded initially by going, oh my gosh, this is terrible, how are we going to deal with this? We don't know what to do, everything's against us, well, well, we didn't think exactly that, but you know, those types of thoughts came around, and that's pretty normal, but what's also normal is to take a deep breath and go, okay, let's fix this problem, and then we did. We made the phone calls, we did all the things we needed to do, and we eventually got there, and everything worked out just fine. If, at that time, we had retreated and just not dealt with it, we wouldn't have been able to go on the trip and we wouldn't have had the help that we needed. So in that case, our emotion-based behavior or reaction was the initial freak out that we had and our solution-focused reaction was the one where we called all the people and got all the things figured out, right? Okay, well, there are certain people in the world, such as me and you probably, who are sensitive to changes and we're ready to make changes as needed, okay? Even if we don't like it, we still do it because we know how it is, we can't control it, right? Even though we felt uncomfortable, even though we felt anxious and nervous about the changes, we still made the changes necessary. There were things that we could do to change the situation and so we did those things. Well, how narcissists deal is a whole other ball of wax. You probably already know that narcissists sometimes, when they don't get their way, go a little bit nuts. They kind of get real anxious and mad and freak out on everybody around them and very often take out their anger and frustration on the narcissistic supply closest to them. I mean, and it makes sense if you think about it because one of the biggest hallmarks of narcissism in the clinical sense, in the sense of being narcissistic personality disordered is the sense of entitlement that they have. It's, it's outrageous and above and beyond your average sense of entitlement. When things don't work out their way, they are more likely to rage. They are more likely to lash out at anyone in their path and especially at people who they can identify in their mind 
as someone who has kind of stopped them from reaching whatever goal they were going for. Obviously, getting very angry and upset and aggressive when something doesn't go your way falls right into the category of emotion-based coping. So it doesn't really accomplish anything. Well, except for maybe annoying people and maybe temporarily helping the narcissist feel a little better. But here's something that maybe you didn't think about. Sometimes the narcissist is very sensitive to whatever it is that someone else thinks about them, especially when it's not someone close to them. They don't want to appear to be crazy to the airline attendant or to the person they work with or someone else who isn't inside their little circle of supply, right? But here's the thing, there are two different types of narcissists to consider in this whole deal. So you've got your grandiose type of narcissist, the one that I call kind of overt, the more obvious out there narcissist. That narcissist has a real high sense of self-esteem and self-importance and therefore they may be more careful about how they respond outside of the relationship. But when they don't get what they want, say, they expect plane tickets to be a certain time, a certain way. When they don't get what they want in that case, they are more likely to be kind to the person who calls and says your plane's canceled than they are to be to their supply. Most likely what they will do is they will take out their rage and stuff on their supply. Then you've got your vulnerable narcissist and they are more often the type who are at the other end of that spectrum. Their self-esteem is going to be more obviously low. They're going to be the type that's, I hate myself, I'm not good enough, la la la. And so their overall levels of adaptation, as it were, the way that they will deal with change is going to be different. They're going to overcompensate. They're going to cover up their feelings. Now, again, this will be less the case with the supply. In either case, it doesn't really matter. How are they going to deal with what, not getting what they want? They're going to rage at some point, narcissists in general, or display narcissistic injury. But in either case, there is a possibility that they may not rage at the stranger involved. They're going to be more likely to rage, to rage at someone close to them, whether or not they're involved with the actual thing. Now, if you're dealing with a more overt narcissist, they're going to be more likely to rage at the person on the phone, whereas the covert or vulnerable narcissists will be more likely to be like, oh, oh, poor me on the phone and then rage at the supply outside of that situation. So in 2014, a study at the University of Hong Kong actually looked at this and they looked at two different types of narcissists. They looked at the pathological narcissist, which is the one that we talk about here. And then they looked at someone who just had really high self-esteem and was high functioning and a normal person maybe who took a couple extra selfies. <laughs> the first thing to note about the study is that it did not involve clinical populations but with that being said the fact of the matter is we all know that a large percentage of narcissists are not actually diagnosed. Okay there's that. What it turns out is the higher someone's self-esteem is the more flexibility they'll have when it comes to dealing with not getting what they want. Whereas when their self-esteem is lower on the other end of the spectrum it involves less flexibility, lower self-esteem and lower life satisfaction, higher perceived stress. So the narcissist will feel like they have more stress in any given situation, such as the missing plane ticket or the, the changed flight, than they will if they are not a narcissist. So those who are classified as healthy narcissists, which is a large percentage of the population, had a higher ability to deal with stress. Now, if you're the person who doesn't give the narcissist what they want, it's a little different. What'll happen is obviously the same stuff, narcissistic rage and narcissistic injury, right? But the narcissist will label you or whoever has displeased them as someone who is less than or inferior to the narcissist. Then they use this label to sort of distance themselves from the person who disappointed them and give themselves a reason to no longer think about what they have perceived as rejection by 
the airline or whoever disappointed them. If you disappointed them in some way or you didn't do what they wanted, they will consider your, you rejected rejecting them even though that wasn't the case. They will consider that you rejected them even though you simply just didn't give them what they wanted. Now, if you don't react well enough to being ignored or given the silent treatment or being treated like you're inferior, the narcissist may then go and try to take revenge on you. And this is also the case when they're dealing with someone such as the airline, as we mentioned. It's very common for the narcissist to treat someone that they know and claim to love really badly just to prove that that person isn't important to them. Something to think about. This brings me to the question of the day. Have you ever dealt with not giving a narcissist what they wanted or being the reason that a narcissist didn't get what they want? Or have you been in a relationship with a narcissist who didn't get what they want and took it out on you? Share your thoughts and your opinions in the comments below and your experiences and let's talk about it. How do you deal with someone who's giving you the silent treatment? What do you do when your narcissist goes no contact? That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it Toxic Relationship Rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. What do you do when you're dealing with someone who will coexist with you in the same house or the same relationship while literally ignoring you? Believe it or not, this is just one of the many signs of gaslighting and emotional abuse in a toxic relationship with a narcissist or someone with narcissistic personality disorder. Abusive narcissists are very commonly doing the no contact or the silent treatment thing, right? Are they the same thing? Sometimes. Not always. Sometimes you're getting the no contact silent treatment in the house, the same house that you're dealing with a narcissist in. Sometimes you're just in the relationship. We also call this the discard phase. The first thing you have to do is educate yourself about the situation, about narcissism, all of this stuff. I always say that knowledge is power, as you know. The first fact you need to know about this issue is exactly why narcissists give you the silent treatment in the first place. Why did they go no contact? Why did they stop talking to you? See, whether they recognize it consciously or not, narcissists are sort of wired to push your buttons in order to get what they want. Now, you might wonder which button they're trying to push when they just go silent, right? You might be surprised to find out that it's really not about making you crazy, even though it feels like it is, from lack of communication or pure boredom. Rather, it's about playing on your own worst fears. And I'm betting, if you're like every other human being on the planet, one of your worst fears is the fear of being alone in the world. Am I right? With no one to help or support you or be there for you. And I'm guessing that if you are currently involved or were previously involved with a narcissist, you're thinking of all kinds of little things the narcissist did to play on your fears during the relationship. So it's time to get over your fears, my friend. And it's time to get on with your life. So by verbally and emotionally cutting you off, the narcissist offers you a taste of what life might be like without the charming godlike awesome self or goddess-like awesome self that you may have been enjoying before. Yeah, that was sarcasm. So that's why the narcissist, so that's the why. The narcissist belittles and devalues you because it plays on your fear of being alone. It is the narcissist's hope that in in acting this silent treatment, this no contact behavior, it's sort of like they're enacting a silent narcissistic rage against you. They'll force you into submission and into being the good little narcissistic supply that they've always enjoyed and needed before. Plus the silent treatment works particularly well on sensitive empathic people who are often quite 
attractive to narcissists, as we all know, because us empaths, we're kind of wired to respond to and attempt to soothe the extreme emotions of people around us, especially people we love and care about. Feel me? So how do you deal with this type of behavior without completely losing your freaking mind? Well, if you're staying in the relationship because you have no choice, such as you're waiting till you can get a better place, you know, a place to live or a job or a kid situation is holding you up, you can play the game if you want to. But in the end, your best option is going to be to leave and move forward, of course. With that being said, we all know that sometimes it's easier said than done. And we all have our reasons for the choices that we make and for why we don't just leave already if it's so bad. So as always, I wanna say that if you are being physically abused, none of the following is gonna be relevant, okay? And I want you to get help now, stop watching this video and get some help. If you're still with me, I hope that you are, we're moving forward. So you're getting the silent treatment again, that lovely part of the discard phase that everyone who's ever been in a narcissist path can recall. Maybe you've been accused of being selfish or of ignoring the narcissist's emotional or physical needs or of being dishonest or arrogant or lazy or any number of, you know, insulting descriptives. But for the record, What's really happening most of the time is projection. Narcissists, they project their own inadequacies onto us, onto their victims. So as usual, once again, my friend, it's all about the narcissist and it's not really about you in the first place. Assuming you're gonna play the game though, this is what you're gonna do to cope with the silent treatment. The next time you're confronted with the icy, hateful, silent treatment from yet another perceived infraction, I want you to come back here and I want you to watch this video again. I want you to remember that this is a game of control. The narcissist believe that they can control you with their lack of communication, the lack of concern. The only way that you're gonna be able to take back your power right now is to refuse to respond to that bullshit, okay? You've got to go on about your life just like the narcissist isn't even there or do whatever you would normally do and blatantly ignore the narcissist, ignore the behavior, no matter how pissed off it happens to make you and no matter how pissed off the narcissist gets in the situation. That means don't send texts trying to reason with the narcissist. It doesn't work. It just causes more drama. Don't post whiny crap on Facebook that everybody can see. It just isn't good for you. Don't allow the narcissist to know that they are affecting you in any way at all. Don't give them what they want when they behave this way. When the narcissist realizes they're not breaking your heart, they'll try something new. Now, this obviously is not gonna solve your problem in the long run of being with a narcissist, being in a toxic relationship, but for the temporary purposes that we're dealing with here, it will stop them from enacting the silent treatment or the no contact stuff, at least as long as you're in the same house. If you're dealing with no contact, as in the narcissist left you and won't speak to you anymore, then can I just say, count your blessings. I know it sounds horrible, but think about the fact that you're not abused right now. Think about the fact that you could choose to make this permanent and change your life for the better in the long run. Just consider it. I would never push anyone to do anything they're not ready to do, but if there's any part of you that is done being abused, this would be the time to get out safely and to have a good reason to stay out. It doesn't change, the cycle continues forever. It goes from love bombing, idealization, everything's amazing and wonderful, and then boom, devalue, boom, discard, and then it starts all over again. They hoover you back in, they love bomb you, they devalue you, they discard you. Not worth it, it's not worth it. So, 
Now it's time for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you ever dealt with a narcissist silent treatment? Have you ever dealt with a narcissist who goes no contact? What did you do to cope? Share your thoughts and your experiences in the comment section below and let's talk about it. Now, one more thing I wanna ask you. What can I do for you? How can I help you in my next video? What do you wanna hear from me? How can I explain something to you? Do you want me to go into more detail on the no contact of it all? Do you want me to go into more detail on the silent treatment? What can I do to make your day better? What can I explain to you? How can I help you? Tell me in the comments below. Why did the narcissist choose you? Narcissists and other negative types of people take advantage of us, they drain our energy, they take our kindness without bothering to give us anything back for it. Whether you're dealing with an addict, an abuser, or just a straight up narcissist, your boundaries get disrespected. You deal with blame, criticism, and you're made to feel so bad about yourself that you don't even have the energy to leave sometimes, right? So what is it about you, my friend? What is it about you that creates such an attraction to narcissists? Why are narcissists so attracted to you? That's what we're talking about today at queenbeing.com. Let's get started. My name is Angie Atkinson and on this channel I offer free daily video coaching to help you discover, understand, and overcome narcissistic abuse and toxic relationships. I like to call it toxic relationship rehab. Does that sound good to you? If so, hit that subscribe button and let's get going. So let me guess, you're someone who is kind of really compassionate by nature, right? You really care about other people. Do you kind of feel other people's pain and joy and any kind of emotion that someone else puts out there? Well, here's the thing. If you can relate to that, it makes sense that narcissists are attracted to you. You are someone who feels such strong love for people in the world and so much compassion. It's, it's an intense combination and it makes you want to give to people. It makes you want to help people, take care of people a little bit, right? A lot of times when people meet you, they're probably really amazed by your love and understanding, maybe your lack of judgment, or at least that's how it used to be before you met your narcissist, right? And now you probably find yourself being manipulated, being treated like you don't matter, being controlled. Narcissists are experts at manipulation and control. And they sense that you're a person who reacts strongly to their negative emotions or positive ones and does whatever he or she can to make everything better when the narcissist displays extreme emotion. There are some more things we should consider in this little equation though. There are five big points that a narcissist looks for in someone like you and me, in someone they wanna make into their primary source of supply. The first thing you have to realize is that narcissists need people who will stroke their egos. And I don't know about you, but I have this tendency whenever I'm with someone to try to really build up their self-esteem. I really want my person to feel really good about me and him or herself, okay? So anyone in my life, my husband, my children, every person I've ever dated, <laughs> my friends, I work really hard to try to help build up their self-esteem, just part of who I am, right? Well, if you're like that at all, or you have similar qualities to that, that's very attractive to a narcissist. The thing is, the narcissist's ego is surprisingly fragile. It's something to be aware of and be careful with. It's hard to not be yourself though, isn't it? A narcissist wants someone they can count on. They like to say things like, oh, you're my rock, or you know, you're, they want someone steady and strong. A narcissist tends to be unpredictable. It te they, they tend to be outlandish. They tend to have big fantasy worlds they live in. They want someone they can count on to take care of them. They need that parent 
type relationship on some level with everyone. The next thing you want to think about is that narcissists want someone who has empathic qualities. They want someone who will take care of their needs. And that's one of the things they look for at the beginning of the relationship. They will display some extreme emotion or do or say something that makes it clear that they feel a certain way and they watch for how you respond to that. Do you take care of their emotions or do you just ignore them and move on? The next thing they want is, is they really enjoy smart people. A narcissist doesn't want to be with someone stupid. They want to be with someone who they can show off on their arm. They want to be with someone who can make them feel smarter themselves. They have a really interesting way of taking away from your personal energy and, and pretending it's their own. You know, I like to say they, they like to stand in our light sometimes. You feel what I mean? And finally, the narcissist needs someone who is self-sufficient up to a point. If you're not already there, they help you get there very quickly by emotionally isolating you. They isolate you not only from other people, but also from themselves by, by saying that they don't understand your problems or the things that you talk about aren't legitimate or real, things like that. And then the fact is that narcissists take any insecurity that you might have in your life and they use it against you. So what they do is if they find out, you know, oh, I'm insecure about the fact that I wear glasses, let's say. I'm not. But let's say that I were. A narcissist might start, if it were a husband narcissist or, you know, someone I was dating or whatever, this person might say something like, oh, I just love how faces look without glasses. They're so beautiful without glasses. It's too bad you have to wear glasses. I bet you're really pretty under there. Things like that. So whatever the insecurity is that you happen to have, they're going to take it, twist it, and poke it in the back of you like a knife. You know what I'm saying? They're very vindictive and they will hurt you on purpose because they can. So you'll get exploited in that way. Any type of insecurity you have will be exploited by the narcissist in order to further get what they want. What do you get out of that then? is you get someone who might be fun sometimes, you get someone who might make you interested, somebody who might look good or somebody who might be good in bed or none of those things. You get a narcissist because regardless of whether or not they have those qualities or any qualities that you do enjoy, which I'm sure they probably do at the beginning at least, by the time you get to the point where you're in the dis devalue and the discard phases, you're not getting any of that. You're getting the ugly side only, none of the good things, and it's miserable. Or at least it goes like this. At the beginning, you know, there's like, oh, everything's wonderful. And then it kind of goes like, here's the good stuff, here's the bad stuff. Kind of goes like this, kind of goes like this. And pretty soon you realize you've got all this bad stuff and like 5% good stuff. It's not enough. It's not enough. And then you feel stupid. But you're not stupid. I want you to watch a video that I did called, this is why something about very smart people can be gaslighted. Everybody can be gaslighted, even and especially very smart people. And there, there are some good reasons for that. So I want you to watch that video. But what it comes down to is that we get sucked in. We think, oh my gosh, I finally found someone who gets me or someone who excites me because they mirror us and they figure out what we want and they become it during the love bombing phase. But then we find ourselves broken and we find ourselves feeling lost and drained and like we've got nothing left. And ultimately we end up feeling less secure in ourselves than we ever have. And we end up thinking we're worth nothing. So how can you avoid narcissists in the future? One of the first things you can do is ask the person you're dating for something you need or want during the beginning of your relationship and see how they respond. So for example, let's just say that there's a movie you really want to see. Mention it to the narcissist and see if he or she makes it a point to, you know, make sure you see the movie. Maybe they want to go with you or see if how they react. If they just, oh, that's interesting. And then they never do anything. Try another thing. Try, you know, oh, I'd really like to, you know, go to this restaurant sometime. Or if you're going out to eat right then, say, hey, I heard about this great restaurant. And you 
Can we try that? See how they respond. A narcissist generally will think of a reason and a way to make it not about you. Now, sometimes during the love bombing phase, there will be some give. But remember, it's really easy to be fooled because sometimes narcissists are really good at giving. But the, the catch is that it's got to be something that they want to give. Believe it or not, a narcissist is not always going to be very interested in someone who makes sure they get their own needs met. So if you can make sure that you get your needs met from the beginning of a relationship, chances are you won't. If they're a narcissist, it won't work out and they won't stick around. Another thing that you need to do is make sure that you have your deal breakers. So decide ahead of time what things are acceptable to you and what things are not in a relationship. For example, I have deal breakers even now in my marriage. And the deal breakers are number one, don't cheat on me. Number two, don't hit me. And number three, don't hurt my kids in any way. If those things are violated in my relationship, I'm out without discussion. And it is a known fact in my relationship. The same thing applies to you. You should have your deal breakers, whatever they are. What are your deal breakers? Tell me in the comments below. Don't compromise your values for anyone, not in the beginning of a relationship or ever, especially if those are really intrinsic things, really things that are important to you. Don't allow yourself to ignore red flags. It, you want to give the benefit of the doubt, but don't be too permissive with that. Don't be too flexible. And what I mean is, you know, if you, let's say you're a vegetarian and you can't stand the idea of eating, you know, dating anyone who eats meat, which means you wouldn't be able to date me, but we're cool, right? Uh, anyway, so you are a vegetarian. You've told everybody, you know what? I don't date people who eat meat. And everybody's cool with that, right? Well, watch what happens. What they do is they'll start to sort of push your boundaries slowly, right? So in this case, if you say, I'll never date anyone who eats meat, and this person, you know, orders a salad, and then they order a steak on the side on the first date, and they go, what, I'm eating salad? you know, and you like them so much that you're like, okay, well, I'll let you eat your steak, but I really don't like people who eat meat. Can we not eat meat again? And then of course one, now they've pushed your boundary. It says, I only eat steak on Saturdays or I only eat steak once a year. And today's the day I eat steak, whatever excuse they make. If you allow it, you allow that. Then what you've done is you've pushed your boundary and you put, you know, so make sure you maintain your boundaries. That's an important part of this whole deal of, of, of avoiding avoiding a narcissist, narc repellent, or, or whatever you want to call it. And finally, I've said this a bazillion times, but finally, let me say it. Don't commit yourself too fast. Make sure you take plenty of time. If you're dating somebody, you can't tell if they're a narcissist, but you really like them or whatever, because it's really hard to see a narcissist during the love bombing phase. Would you agree? But that's this is a red flag. If they rush, if they're telling you they loved you within two or three weeks, if they tell you they see their children and their future children in your eyes, or they, you know, they, they start talking about, you know, what if, what if you had my last name or I had your last name or whatever, you know, marriage, think about these things, give yourself time, make yourself wait a certain amount of time before you commit to this person. And if sex is something that makes you feel really connected to someone, wait a while on sex. Okay. Cause I know that for a lot of us, sex is a very big connector. It makes us feel uh, connected to a person. And so if you're one of those people, make sure that you don't have sex too early. Give yourself, I, some people say six dates is a good amount of time. Some people say longer. Some people say less. Do whatever feels right to you. Make sure that you protect your heart, that you keep your mind open and aware. I don't want you to shove someone off just because they had lettuce in their teeth or something, right? But I, I don't want you to just accept every single little infraction. Something like lettuce or spinach in a person's teeth is no big deal. It's you know, unless maybe they refuse to remove it and they add some more in there. I mean, that would gross me out. I got to tell you, but someone who violates your personal ethics, someone who asks you to do the same, someone who makes you feel less than small, not good enough. Someone who makes you wait for them or doesn't show up when they say they will. Someone who lies to you. These are the people you need to watch out for. Be careful. 
have standards, but don't be so rigid with small things that you miss somebody really good. Does that make any sense? And now it's time for the question of the day. And the question of the day is, have you ever been with a narcissist? And if so, what do you think attracted the narcissist to you? And do you think you attract narcissists all the time or just sometimes? Share your thoughts in the comments below and let's talk about it. That's all I've got for you right now. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for being a part of my day and a part of my life. And hey, thanks for letting me be a part of yours. It really does mean a lot to me. I'll see you soon. It's my mission to teach others what I know to be true. You really can create the life you want. Take care of your body. Take care of your soul. Nurture the real you and introduce him or her to the world. Be comfortable in your own skin and in your place in this world. Take your spot, take it now, and the universe will take its cue from you. You feel me? If so, subscribe to my channel. Let's get it done together.